no matter who you are, there's really nothing in this world that could prepare us for the death of a loved one. On November 10th, 2021, it was a Wednesday, I lost one of my good friends, Bradley Hawkins. He was skateboarding. He lost his posture, fell back, hit his head, and died instantly. I've been given permission by Bradley's mother to share this funeral service with you. And may this be such a reminder of the bigger picture, what really matters. Life is so fragile, and you are not a lost cause. Heavy heart, we have a God that can produce a color, even out of the chaos of death. May this meet you today where you are. All right, I need a minute. I'm Bradley's mama, and this is his coat. And this is his hat. And this is the only way I can tell Bradley's story. Plus, it feels like a bear hug. I'm Bradley's mom. And you may ask, why in the world am I up here? Well, my 21-year-old Bradley has the most beautiful story a victory that very few people know. And I've been a writer and a speaker for 13 years, and I've never shared his story. I've always told him that beautiful story was his to tell. The morning after his death, the Holy Spirit told me, Sharon, this is your story to tell. And I said, well, surely you don't mean at the funeral. He said, well, how else are, you gonna, are they going to know if you don't tell them? So I'm up here today. <clears throat> um, I'm going to spend the rest of my life telling Bradley's victorious story. And I'm up here doing what the Lord told me to do, first of all. But today I'm speaking to everyone. But I am especially speaking to the young men in this room. I'm up here speaking for Bradley. Bradley was my son. That word sounds so inadequate right now. I searched for other words to describe Bradley in the dictionary. But there are no words for the special person that he was. If you knew him, you knew it already. He lived big, and he loved life. And he had the most hearty, loudest laugh I have ever heard. And he has a permanent blue mark on his leg right here where I twisted it the, since he was three years old in church because of that laugh. But something that big you just can't capture. So sometimes you just got to let it go. You know what I wouldn't give to just hear that laugh just one more time. He had the biggest smile, the most beautiful heart when he would let us see it. He was my baby. I loved his bear hugs that just covered me. I mean, he'd just come in like a bear, and I'd be right here. 
And his little precious honey, his little girlfriend, she's a lot littler than me. I don't know where she got to, but he's just, I'm going to miss those hugs. And I've been telling you men who are big like Bradley like that, I hope people don't stare at us, but I'm just going to hug you. So women, I'm a grieving mama, so y'all just going to have to let me hug you big bear men. I'm sorry. If I knock on the door at night for somebody that's got a big big chest like my, like Joe Tom, I'm coming for you, baby. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't go all eternity without them hugs. I'm going to need them. We're going to need them from all of y'all. And I was so overwhelmed today when y'all all gave us one. I appreciate it more than you know. I know in heaven now he's got a new body. But I sure do hope his hugs feel just like them bear hugs when I get there. I loved him so deeply. My heart is shattered in a million pieces. Knowing that now I have to try to find a way to live in a world without a Bradley. Wow. He was wild at heart. And he had a calling to adventure. He felt closest to God in, in nature. And it was his paradise out in nature. He recently hiked 68 miles on the Appalachian Trail. And he went to spend time with God alone. Every time he went alone, he gave his mom a nervous breakdown. But he still went. And right now, it's those nights I worried I wish he was on the Appalachian Trail somewhere and I didn't even know. Um, there's a part of me that does. But the truth of the matter is, he's in a much better place than that. He came home on October 9th. It, it, was, it was just a month and a day later till he went to heaven. And I think God was preparing him for what was ahead. He had hiked and canoed hundreds of miles, some alone, some with Fair Play Boys Camp, which some of you are here, have been here, some with Boy Scouts. He was an eagle, and he achieved that honor start to finish in three years, and it was one of his, next to being saved, that was one of his crowning achievements. And I thought I, I was getting by just great till these Boy Scouts come through, and that's the hardest part for me because that he loved y'all next to next to Jesus and his family, all of his family. He he loved the nature and he loved Boy Scouts, and he had just returned to scouting, and he was going to be an assistant scoutmaster to help other boys, and he worked at Camp Old Indian for a couple of years, and he impacted many boys' lives. Through those years. He loved the outdoors. The woods was his happy place. I had the pleasure of taking many day hikes with him and we would sing and share and laugh and cry and pray and fuss and talk. The fussing was mostly me. I praise God for those hikes now because those are some of the sweetest memories of him, just me and him in the woods with God. That I'll carry they, those things are going to carry me through these dark days coming ahead. Bradley was formed in my heart and not in my tummy. He was, in every sense of the word, my son. My husband and I wanted a second child, 
And after our older son, Taylor, was born, we tried to have another child for four years. And I longed for another child, and I begged God to answer my prayer or take that desire away. And he answered that prayer, and he led us to international adoption. And we began the process in 2000. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, in Kharkov, Ukraine, a little five-pound baby boy was born. At 30 weeks to a 20-year-old unmarried woman, and even though she abandoned Bradley at the hospital, I will forever be grateful to her that she didn't abort him. And even then, he was not alone. God was with him. Psalms 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God had a special plan for Bradley's life. Bradley went to an orphanage that was understaffed and very poor. And the babies there, because they were understaffed and have money, um, they couldn't be held and loved and cared for like they should have been. And when the wind blew, it blew right through the doors. And we saw that when we went there. And I'm sure the devil thought, hmm, oh, I have this boy. I'm not worried about him. Nobody wants this old throwaway boy. They just left He's going to be mine in hell, for sure, for sure. But the Lord said, oh, no, he won't. Oh, no, he won't. Praise God. The devil underestimated how much God wanted my boy and loved him. And the Lord knew how much we wanted him, too. In October 2001, my husband, Scott, and Taylor, who was singing, he was seven, he was with us. We met this little precious 15-month-old boy face-to-face. -face. It's not on the slides. That's what's getting me through today. Here he is. Here's my bread. Here's my baby. God answered our prayers, and specifically Taylor's prayers, because he wanted a brother. And he moved heaven and earth to bring us all together in a small room in that Harkov, in that Harkov orphanage and into our family forever. A nurse was holding him when he walked into the room, and I will never forget how he reached out his little hand toward us as if to claim his new family. You know, he did things in a big way even back then. And he reached straight into my chest and he ripped my heart, stole it right then, forever. And with tears in his eyes, Scott said, we want him, don't we? And I said, oh yes, oh yes, we want him. This is the one I prayed for. This is my baby. This is our baby. From that moment on, he was ours. It's been a bumpy, wild ride. Wonderful at times, heart-wrenching at others. It was right after 911 when we went to Ukraine. The travel was scary. We were on the brink of war then, in the Middle East. It was right before the shock and awe stuff happened in Afghanistan. And God carried us through that, and we adopted our precious little Bradley. And we brought him home on November 1st, 20 years ago. 
We've had Bradley 20 years this month, or yeah, this month. And they told us that when the plane landed, Bradley would be a U.S. citizen. We landed in Memphis. I thought the wheels were going to fall off the plane. They bounced so much. It was the bounce, bumpiest ride landing, and I've flown a fair amount, and it was the bumpiest I've ever had, and it was just the start of the bumps. <sighs> Bradley had trouble adjusting when we got home. He would reject our love. I would beg him to eat in his high chair, and he wouldn't. And I'd get him down, and I'd turn around, do something else, and I'd look, and he was trying to get crumbs off the floor. He was hungry, but he didn't trust me to give it to him. At times, he would have uncontrollable rages, and he would have to grab him up. We'd have to grab him up to keep him from hurting his head because he would want to bang his head on the floor. So full of rage. He, he was unable to love and accept our love. And our baby was so broken from crying out for love and food that wasn't given to him. The devil thought, hot dog, hot dog, they got him out of here. But they've not won yet. This boy's going to be doomed to a life of a loveless life. Oh no, Satan, you're wrong again. But God, but God, time went on and Bradley grew and grew and grew and grew. But we poured love on him like Niagara Falls, praying that just a few drops would sink in and he fought to reject it. He was impulsive and he lacked conscience. Our lives at home were filled with chaos from a spiritual battle that raged over him and continued to the very day that he died. He was in, thank you, darling. He was in church for his first week home from Ukraine, and he came to know about the Lord. And at some point, he came to know the Lord personally and intimately. He first said he accepted Christ when he when I led him around five or seven, five to seven. And then as a young teenager while away at Fair, Fair Play Boys Camp, thank y'all, Fair Play. I don't know exactly when he was saved, but the important thing is I know that he was. He re-examined his salvation and grew closer to the Lord during the last three and a half years while he was living at Wild Orchard, North Paris Sanctuary, with some of the most amazing men you'll ever meet who loved him so much and sowed into his life. I've had many long talks with Bradley about his salvation, and he knew the Lord. I, I, made, him, I made sure, trust me, I nagged the daylights out of him, but okay, I made sure. People who are closest to him know how very much he loved the Lord. I have his journal now. Caleb, if you'll put that up for me. And here's a page from around July this year. That's the most priceless of gifts to us now that he's gone. He wrote a prayer that morning. Dear Lord, thank you for all you do for me, for propelling me forward. Let me walk in patience, Lord. Continue to let me handle responsibility. Lead and guide me in the challenge of blessing. Then in bold writing, he wrote, I'm yours. Amen. 
that page is so priceless to me. And I know that was him because he hated cursive and he misspelled yours. I know it was him. <laughs> but okay. His journal represents so well his struggles. He so wanted God and all he had for him. But the devil tortured Bradley. And when Bradley would listen to the lies, he would rebel and hurt himself and others in the process. The devil tried to stop him constantly from fulfilling what God had for him. I've always believed with all my heart that God blessed Bradley with special gifts of discernment and communication. And I've told him that these are mighty tools in the hand of the Lord for soul winning and for inspiring other people. But in Satan's hands, they're highly effective for tearing people down. I've encouraged him to use these amazing gifts for the Lord. And I told him I believe that God has a special purpose intended just for him. Four weeks ago, out in this very parking lot, he came to a service. He was at a low place. He came in here and gave me that big old bear hug, threw his arms around me. He was really struggling with low self-esteem. And he cried in my arms like a baby. He said, Mama, I just want to be normal. And I said, Bradley, I've already told you. You can't be normal because God made you extraordinary. I always believed that his special purpose was in the future. Of course we do. But you know what? Since Wednesday, I've learned with all the outpouring of love for those Bradley has touched, it's been both humbling and encouraging to me to learn that his ministry of, of uplifting people and impacting lives is already in the fullest bloom. His journal is filled with prayers to God, prayers for his family, his sweetheart, Georgia, his honey, and his friends filled with prayers for his Papa Hawkins and his Mima Hawkins for their health. He loved y'all so much. Prayers for himself, begging God to make him who God wanted him to his, his prayer repeatedly in his journal was Psalm 51, 10 through 12 and it was underlined in his Bible too and I read it the other night it was in there again and again and again and he said create in me a pure heart O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me do not cast me from your presence and take your Holy Spirit from me restore to me of joy the joy of your salvation, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He begged God for a pure heart. On July 8th of this year, he wrote, Lord, give me a new and clean heart. I pray Psalms 51 over my life. Lord, many days from now, let me keep submitting to you. Deal with my selfish heart. Let me walk in humility and be filled with gratitude. Bradley knew he struggled. 
He went out and back from surrender to rebellion, and he swung like a pendulum. I've never known anyone who was more pursued by the devil than my son, Bradley. And I battled these spiritual battles with Bradley most every day of his life on my knees and with him. And I have pled with Bradley. I said, honey, trust the Lord. Surrender. You are no match for the devil. The battle is the Lord's. He would lean into the Lord and he'd start, start doing well. And then the devil would get him alone in the dark. And he would whisper lies to Bradley and he'd say, you're not enough. You will never reach your goals. You can't do this. You're no good. Nobody really loves you. When Bradley would listen, he would start a cycle of lying and manipulation that pushed those who loved him most away. The devil tortured my son for his whole life as he relentlessly pursued that baby from the orphanage. He never wanted to let him go. And isn't that just like the devil? He wants the vulnerable, the ones that nobody wants. I was and I am so angry at the devil. And behind Bradley's beautiful smile, infectious laugh, and love for life was a young man yearning for peace who suffered so greatly. Praise God. He has that peace and glory, and his battles are over. And he is experiencing the precious victory that Jesus won for him when he died on the cross for him. I have never in my life known anyone who was pursued by the Lord more than my Bradley. There were spiritual battles from the start of Bradley's life with us. He had the most beautiful heart I've ever seen. At times, he just fought so hard to not let us see it. When he would surrender to the Lord, he was the most precious, giving, sweet, appreciative soul you could ever meet who would give you the shirt off his back. I'm humbled and honored to have been called to be Bradley's mother and to have witnessed this beautiful, victorious miracle that God unfolded in his short life from start to finish. If he had given Bradley to us for a short time so we would tell him about Jesus and he would accept him, then praise the Lord. His will was accomplished. The devil did not win. You did not get my baby, devil. Our family has been blessed beyond all measure to have this angel in our lives. Praise God. Romans 8.28 says, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I thank God for my precious son and how he had such a huge role in growing me in the Lord, making me a better person, more of a prayer warrior. 
more compassionate for hurting people. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life telling people what Jesus did for Bradley. But I'm going to tell them what Jesus did for me through Bradley. What the devil meant for evil, God has used for good in so many ways in the life of my son. God has used him to touch and impact our family's lives and the lives of so many others. Many have already passed and gone through here tonight. During his short life, I know that will continue to happen in the future. His impact will go on and on. The light of Jesus burned brightly in his heart and poured through his brokenness. And no matter how hard that devil tried to diminish it, the more he broke my baby boy, the brighter that light of Jesus shone and overcame the darkness. I thank God that he loved my boy and me and Scott and Taylor. He answered our prayers. He brought Bradley out of a country where he most likely would never have come to know and accept Christ. And I know Bradley accepted Christ. I know where he is. I have absolutely no doubt. That one simple decision made all the difference in where he is now for all eternity. And in the truest sense, that is the only thing that matters. As hard as it is that Bradley is no longer here with me, I find great peace that he was having the time of his life that day. He had found love with Georgia Parker. And she is one of the most precious people I know. And I've just come to know her recently, but I've learned that she and Bradley have been in love for a while. And it's true love. All his life I've prayed for the woman that God meant to be with Bradley. And I found out this week, God answered my prayer. But now Bradley's not here with us, but I got a new daughter. I love you, Georgia. She will always have a special place with our family, and we will be here for her. Thank you, Georgia, for all the joy you brought to Bradley in the last year. He's experienced the love of a wonderful woman, and he was the happiest I've ever seen him, truly, in his life. Thank you for that precious gift. And when he died, he was doing what he loved best, seeking adventure and spending time with you. And as much as I want to, I can't give Bradley back. I'm so sorry, but I, my heart aches for you, but I can't give Bradley back, but I can give you his mother. I'll be here, all my broken pieces. If you want me, I'm here. Our hearts are broken in a million pieces, and I'm only standing because people are praying for me. All of us are, but God called our family to do this service tonight. It seems Bradley's gone way too soon, but we know God is sovereign. And because of this, we know that Bradley's life was well fulfilled at just 21 years old. 
Praise God that Bradley only felt joy that day, no pain. I know he skateboarded down that hill. He skidded in sideways in a cloud of smoke straight into heaven. And if I know him, he squealed in delight at the top of his lungs, hollering, wow, what a ride. <laughs> and Jesus greeted him, and I can just imagine him saying, there's my baby boy from Ukraine. Huh. The devil thought nobody wanted him. Welcome home, Bradley. Then Bradley, I can envision, he grabbed Jesus and gave him the biggest old bear hug. <laughs> and he laughed the loudest laugh that he could possibly laugh to the top of his lungs. I beg you, don't wait. If you haven't made that one simple decision that Bradley did to accept Christ, life is a vapor. It could be your turn next. Wednesday morning, Bradley woke up thrilled to be off work and spending the day with his sweetheart. That night at 11.30, his body was headed to Columbia to donate his organs to give others life. Could that be you next? Jesus is waiting with open arms. I want to say one more thing that God gave me this morning. I just feel led to share it, and I've got a verse I'm going to read too, but what he gave me was this. That story started with this baby, and that story ended, as I told, when he said, hmm, my baby boy from Ukraine's here. The devil thought nobody wanted him. I would rather have Bradley 21 years and all eternity than have left him in this orphanage and him burning hell for all eternity. So today, if y'all have wondered what's wrong with that mama and she ain't crying, I am celebrating from the soles of my feet to the top of my head because the devil didn't get my baby. <laughs> Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen says, "So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away; our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen." but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Praise God, I'm going to be there with him one day. <laughs> Won't y'all all come and go with me, please? I beg of you. My name's Austin. I am uh, I'm Bradley's cousin. Um, 
I'm a minister in Baltimore, and uh, I love my cousin, and uh, I, I wanted to just hash out, flesh out for a few minutes the fact that Jesus does want the unwanted. Amen. He loves you today. I don't know where you, where you feel like you are. I don't know what your opinion is about Christ. I don't, I don't know what your belief system is. I don't know what kind of faith you may follow, but I, I just want to spend a second in the scripture. I'm going to look in Luke chapter 17. If you, if you have your Bible, you can turn there, and I want you to see that this Jesus wants the unwanted. There's basically this story of 10 people who had leprosy, and Jesus actually heals all of them um, miraculously by just telling them to walk to the temple, and as they walk, they are healed and then one of these men come back to Jesus and falls at his feet. And Jesus says, there were 10 of you, weren't there? Where are the other nine? And the one, said, the, the one comes back and he, he falls at the feet of Jesus in faith. And, he, and, and, and Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. Your, your faith has, he actually uses the word in the Greek, the, your faith has saved you. And in, and, in our, and in the faith of Jesus Christ, this one who wants the unwanted, and he will, he will go to the Ukraine to get him, to get them. He wants you today. And I, I wanted to look at this a little bit, and I, I, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about faith alone. At our church, we, we've kind of been studying um, faith, looking at the life of someone early in the Bible named Abram. And we've been talking about how there's a difference between opinion, belief, and, and saving faith. Early on, if you don't know the story of Abram, God just appeared to him. Uh, God wanted him. And God appeared to him and sent him to start a, a new adventure, to start a, a ministry to start a nation, actually. And he followed him, and, and, and he worshiped God. He, he, he began to believe in God. And Genesis 15, 16, about Abram, it says that God saw his faith and counted it as righteousness, that he was right before God in a new relationship. And that's what faith in Jesus Christ is all about. Believing God, believing, um, not just believing, but worshiping Jesus Christ, knowing Him, and being saved. Um, Bradley was uh, a, a great guy. I love him. I, his, his laugh, it, it, he's the, he is the most unique guy I think I've ever met, definitely related to. Um, I love Bradley. Um, he was my ring bearer at my wedding. My wife is is right here. And um, after the wedding, he said, he said, you know, that's the funnest wedding I've ever been to. And I want to say today, Mr. Brad, this is the funnest funeral I've ever been to. So let's continue to just enjoy um, ourselves, celebrate in the midst of tears and pain, because we know we have something worth worth celebrating. And I just want to take us to the scripture real quick here. It's talking about Jesus in verse 11, Luke 17. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled. I want you to know today that the thing that the Bible teaches, the thing that the faith is, is that we have a traveling God. 
We have a God that pursues us. We have a God that comes after us. We have a God that wants us. We have a God that makes His way. And here in verse 11, He's making His way to Jerusalem. But He's not just on some kind of trip for the trip's sake, but He is going to Jerusalem to actually die on the cross, to suffer the pain for our sin, to take the punishment that we deserve on the cross. The Bible teaches that the wrath of God, the punishment that we deserve, hell itself was put on Jesus and Jesus alone on the cross. That's where Jesus is traveling because He wants the unwanted. And so He traveled. I I, I think of Bradley's travel. God bless him, traveling hundreds of miles. I, I only place I travel is to the refrigerator and to get the remote every now and then. Amen. I, I respect somebody that travels, and we have a God that, that travels. He comes to us. This is what Emmanuel means. It means that God didn't just stay at his throne, but he put on flesh. And he, he came in, 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 in Jesus Christ because he wanted the unwanted. A few months, a few, a couple years ago, two years ago, actually almost to the week, uh, Bradley came and he visited me in Baltimore. I was, I was rather discouraged. If you can imagine, ministry in Baltimore City is a little challenging. And Brad came and, and he, he brought his laugh with him and he brought his incredibly uh, coffee. You ever, have you ever had coffee? I let Brad make coffee. I mean, he, he, he just, he put, it was, it was mostly grain. It was very dark, very thick. And I said, man, this, this is a special guy. And I, you know, I, I didn't know the adult Brad too well. Um, and he, he came there a couple years ago and, and, and he encouraged me in the midst of hard times. He traveled for Jesus. He shadowed me and helped me with ministry for, for more than a week. He encouraged me. He, he talked to, to young people. He talked to people struggling. And God used him to travel. And I, 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 I love it because Jesus traveled. God is a God that travels. And he's traveled here to meet with you today. He's here to minister to the broken heart. But he's also here to save somebody from an eternal broken heart. It says that he was on his way to Jerusalem to the cross. Jesus traveled and he took the long way. Amen. Look at what it says. He went between the border of Samaria and Galilee. He was going into a village and 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. You notice this is a struggle to be human. It's a struggle. It's a broken world. This is a hard day. This is a this is a hard world. The Bible explains partly the kind of days that we have today is because that we live in a broken world and the world has been broken because of sin. Generational sin. My sin, your sin. Brad's sin. I love Brad. I want you to know today Brad had a sin problem. Just like you and I. And the Bible actually teaches that we have such a sin problem that we all are at a great distance from Jesus. We're, we're a great distance away from God. And so we need the God of the universe to come to us, to travel to us, to be with us. And that's exactly what Jesus does here. He comes to this place where these people were thought of to be cursed. They had leprosy. 
This was to say that they had some mysterious, um, significant skin disease. They would have probably been pushed out of the city, maybe lived in a, a, a huge ditch. They were not allowed to talk to anybody. If, they ever, if anyone ever got close to them, they were supposed to yell, Hey, get away. Keep your distance. I'm unclean. So Jesus made his way to them. Let me say it again, family. He wants the unwanted. He died for the unwanted. He died for the dirty. He died for the sinner. He died for you. He died for me. He travels. And he's traveling to you today. He wants you to know that he loves you. That he's willing to make his way to you. It says in Luke 5, chapter 31, I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 31, verse 32. Jesus said this about his ministry. Those who are well have no need of a physician. Anybody in here think you got it all together? And that you're going to make it on your own to heaven, whatever happens at death? Well, hey, I'll be pretty good. I've been a pretty good person. Why would God need to get in flesh to get here to save you? He says, I didn't come, to those, I didn't come for those who are well and need not a physician, but to those who are sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I love my cousin Bradley. One, one thing that he always wanted to do, I, I once served at a camp and I, I started telling all these pirate stories. It was Camp McCall. That might mean something to somebody, but Brad always begged me to tell these pirate stories. And I would tell these pirate stories and it would make, it was make his parents a little uneasy because they were a little gritty and they were a little adventurous. But I, I, I had this ministry of telling pirate stories because I would share them with young men and I would, I would take them to Romans 3 where it talks about all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. We all track blood, Romans 3 says. We all have a drastic need for salvation. We're all, we're all sinners and we know that, that we need salvation. And here is Jesus. They, they had an opinion about Jesus. Look at verse 13. They called out in a loud voice. They said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Have pity on us. Their opinion was that Jesus was a master. I can't read their mind. I don't know exactly. But they thought, they thought, hear me today, they thought Jesus could help them. And they said, Jesus, Master, have, have pity on us. Help us. They wanted to be healed of their leprosy. And they thought Jesus could do something about it. He thought that, that, that Jesus could do something about how they are outcasted, how they could actually never go to church, never go to the temple, never see their family again. Jesus, have pity on us. Have mercy. Have mercy on us. I remember um, Brad sharing his opinion sometime. He was a he was a unique guy, and an opinion an opinion is something everyone has, and you can argue about it. I I, I didn't believe one opinion Brad had. It was uh, sometime a little a little uh, less than two years ago. I believe it was in March, and he called me, and I was oblivious to stuff going on in the news, and he said, Austin. You know, uh, this, this coronavirus is going to be a big deal. And I said, Brad, this is all going to blow over. This is nothing. 
And he, he began begging me or, or, or encouraging me, maybe you should leave Baltimore and go, go link up with your dad in the woods and live because something, <laughs> something bad stirring. And I was like, that's just your opinion, Brad. I, I don't, I'm not buying into it. Well, he, he was kind of right, wasn't he? <laughs> Do you just have an opinion about God? Do you just have an opinion about God that somebody else can just strike down and say, hey, I have an opinion about God too. He's not real. These guys probably had an opinion about Jesus. Maybe, I think, possibly, possibly Jesus can help me. That's what they're coming with here, probably. Jesus is some kind of mastery, some kind of leader. Could something today change your opinion about Christ? Could you see him more than just a maybe today? I think we're always up here kind of looking to, to change opinions. Look at what Jesus does to change their opinion. In verse 14, he says, he saw them. Isn't that beautiful? They're forgotten people. He wants the unwanted. He saw them. And he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And then listen to this. They went. They, they, their opinion turned to a belief, maybe we could say. And they took a step of belief. They took a step of faith and they started moving toward the priest. The priest was almost like the local official that would declare that they no longer had this skin disease. So they started walking and it says that they were cleansed. As they started walking, can you imagine? Leprosy was bad. It was untreated. We have treatment for it today. But this was a terrible disease where people would lose parts of their body that would just ravage the body. People would be outcasted because of how contagious it might be. But Jesus went there anyway, and he, he healed them as they started walking and believing what he said. And then this is where it gets interesting. One of them, verse 15, there were 10 of them, right? You remember that? One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. I think that's what got me to this text, thinking about Brad today. Amen. Praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And the text says he was a Samaritan. Which mean that he was outcasted, unwanted, but Jesus wanted him. Amen. And Jesus wants you today. But can you, can you see these four things? He saw healing. Raise your hand if you believe that God's ever done something to you. Done something for you. Maybe healed you. Raise your hand. You can say, God has answered a prayer before in my life. God has done something. I believe that there could be a God because I've seen Him do something. I've seen Him answer prayer. I've seen Him heal a heart. We've seen this crazy family up here preaching at you and they should be weeping. We've seen something. We've seen God do something. That's the first thing. This one out of the ten, he saw that he was healed. And listen to what he did to Jesus. He came back. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus will pursue you. Jesus will travel to get to you. But he, he's asking you to turn around and come back. He's asking you to repent. He's asking you to turn from your sins. He's asking you to come back and find Him valuable. This is what saving faith is. You see the healing. You come back. And it says with a loud voice. 
a Bradley voice, we'll say, right? He praised God in a loud voice. That's what, G- that's what Bradley's doing now. I think he's been there for days. he can be there for years, being as loud as he wants. Nobody will stop him. He'll be loud. He'll shout at the feet of Jesus. And I'm going to join him one day. Amen. It could be tomorrow. It could be 80 years from now. I might get to, to 120. I don't know. Look at that. He saw his healing. He came back to Jesus. He praised God. And he threw himself at the feet of Jesus. That's the gesture of worship. Surrender. Submission. That's what saving faith is. It's not just an opinion I think God might be really, might Jesus might be something to this Jesus thing. It's, it's more than just believing. It's more than just taking like a blind step of faith. But it's knowing without a shadow of a doubt, God has showed me Himself in an undeniable way. And I have nowhere else to go except the feet of Jesus. Could you be there today? Could you be experiencing saving faith like we believe Bradley has? Look at what Jesus says about the faith of this guy. He says, hey, weren't there ten people here? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner that nobody wants? Jesus says, I want him. Look at what he says to him. Verse 19, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Bradley had an injury Wednesday that he could not recover from. But Jesus says, I'm here to raise you up. The Bible teaches that if we are absent in the body, we are present with the Lord. And that's how we begin to talk about uh, Bradley being with the Lord right now. But the Bible also talks about a great resurrection day where he'll heal everybody. He'll resurrect everybody and he will he will make everything whole. But he tells this one out of nine, one out of ten, he says, Your faith has made you well. And this is actually a different Greek word than the Greek word earlier. This is the Greek word that's used when it talks about people being saved. People being made whole. People being made well. Let me ask you a question today as we close. Has your faith in Jesus made you well? Not just an opinion, not just blind faith, but you are convinced You've been healed by Jesus. You've came back to Jesus. You've repented. You fell at the feet of Jesus because you know there's nowhere else to go. You're praising God with a loud voice. Maybe today's the day for you to be saved. For you to be made whole today. Every head bowed, every eye closed just for a, just for a moment. We think about Brad's loud, beautiful voice. We think about his faith. We think about the good times with Brad. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I wonder today if you would say, you know what, my opinion of the Lord has changed. I don't know it all. I don't have it all figured out. But I, I know a little bit about maybe the way Brad lived or I've just heard something. Maybe just God is, is, is moving something to me and I, I want to take a, not just a step of faith. But I want to run to the feet of Jesus today and be made whole and be made full.
Maybe today that's for you. Maybe today for the first time, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to, you want to go to Jesus. You want to turn back to Jesus. And you want to take that walk to Him and put yourself at His feet. Put yourself before Jesus, the one that travels, the one that traveled to Jerusalem, died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to face death a second time for eternity. He's made a way of salvation. Maybe today, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe, maybe uh, someone in here would lift their hand and say, hey, that's me today. Just lift your hand right now and say, hey, that's me. I need the salvation of Jesus. Is there anyone here? For the first time, I see that hand. Is there another hand that would say, for the first time, I, wanna, I want to trust Jesus as Lord. I, I want the healing that only He offers. Is there anyone that would else lift their hand and say, that's me? We're making an opportunity for you right now to, to even come down here and, and pray. Maybe your heart's just broken and you want to you wanna pray. You want to ask the Lord to do a new thing in your life and you want to come down to this stage, to this place of prayer. Would you come today? We're going to play uh, some music for just a while. And today, if you, if you feel that you need to trust Jesus as Lord for the first time, you can pray the Bible says that if you cry out to the Lord, you, you will be saved. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Christ was risen from the dead, because that's truly our victory today as we pray. That we don't, we don't, we, we have never, we have never had a full funeral for Jesus because he rose from the dead. Every other world leader, every other religious leader, there was a funeral, there is a tomb. But for Jesus, there is no funeral, there is no tomb. He rose from the dead, never to die again. And today, we, we can trust that God. So maybe today, you want to you wanna make this decision and you can cry out to the Lord and you can say, Lord, I'm much like Bradley, I'm much like these 10 lepers. I need healing. I need to be made full. I need salvation. So Lord, would you save me today? Lord, I come to you. I throw myself at your feet. I believe in your resurrection. I turn from my sin to trust you fully. You can pray, God, would you, would you save me? God, would you heal me like only you can? Father, we thank you today for your love. God, we thank you today that we can rejoice through tears. God, we thank you today that you are saving God, that you are rescuing. God, that you are healing. God, that you are doing what only you can do. God, we thank you for Brad's testimony. God, we thank you today, Lord, that you want the unwanted. And you go to get us. You go to get us, to give us rest. To give us eternal, eternal life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for hearing the word of God today.
as we've read from the scripture. We have a few pastors around. Um, I'm going to say today, if you if you if you didn't feel like coming, um, we really we really believed that Brad would have us do an invitation, a little different for a funeral. But we really believe that he wants you, all of his friends, all of the people that love him, that know him, that know his family. He really, we really believe that he wants you to be like the one and not like the nine. Because we all raised our head, hey, God's done something in my life that I can't deny. Most of us did. But I know if Brad was here today, he would say, be the one. Be the one that comes back. Find saving faith that makes you whole. Throw yourself at Jesus. Give all you can for Jesus because Jesus has given everything for us.
Yeah.